Thanks for tuning in to Beyond the Bench. This is a podcast for athletic directors, coaches, and leaders, and it's done by three athletic directors from Iowa. I'm Todd Gordon from Greene County in Jefferson, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to leave us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's get to today's podcast. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench, and you are listening live to Season 3, Episode 13 in the library, the Beyond the Bench library. (laughs) (laughs) So we're coming to you live from Jefferson, Newton, and from Cedar Rapids. And uh, guys, good to see you. Scott is outside as I look at him right now. Oh, it's beautiful. On Zoom. Beautiful night. Gorgeous night. Beautiful. It's like I'm listening to the masters. I can hear the birds in the background. Oh, yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. back there for Eagle on number 13 and hear the crowd roar. It looks, it, it's, it's a long approach from, from hole 19. <laughs> uh, I always like the 19th hole. Yeah. The 19th hole. Hey, I did play I, my first round of the year this, this past Saturday, played my first nine holes of the season. And, uh, Todd Gordon's feeling a little cocky right now. And I know the course, oh. whatever course I get on next will humble me. Uh, <laughs> but I had a good start to the summer, fall golf season. Good for you. I, I did see that. I was hoping that that smile you had in your face in that picture was there the whole round. So it sounds like it was. That's good. It really was. It really was. And, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, places you relax and I, the golf course just seems to do it. I, I used to get all high strung about my game and now I don't, I'm out there yeah. and it's just a couple hours just That's doing good. something kind of fun. Yep. That's I had to stop playing. I care too much about whether the ball went straight or not. And I'm like, this is no fun for me right now. So I have to, I have to mature to that level of, of golf play, Todd. I haven't gotten there just yet. Well, I have matured probably to old man swing golf. Now I'm not trying to grip it, <laughs> rip it as much. I, I am starting to just kind of keep it right down the middle. And, uh, you know, if I can putt for a par, I feel pretty good. If I can putt for a birdie, I feel really good about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's it just, I, yeah, I probably trans, I've done that. I've, yeah, I've transferred now to old man golf and yep. keep it in place, honey. With, with, all, with all due respect to our listeners that, you know, might be out there that a few years older, is it that, Kind of that half backswing right now. You don't really break the plane of your shoulders and just kind of quick back and come through, not the full twist anymore. It's just all tempo. And, uh, yeah, I should start stretching more because I you shouldn't be quite so sore after playing nine holes of golf as I was. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're old when. Yeah, yeah. Nine holes of golf feels like a two-hour workout. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I started – Getting up, you know, now that I, you know, am semi-retired. <laughs> <laughs> There's no semi in you. I know. So I've been getting up, going and lifting and running, 
And the first day I went out and ran, I ran three miles. Probably not the best idea. I was uh, I was a hurting unit the next day. Uh, I, do, I struggled through the next day running because I was so sore. I had to get some of that lactic acid out. <laughs> go big or go home, Jarvis. That's right. Uh, I get a kick out of two things. Number one, you saying you're semi-retired. Yes. Yeah. You got more going right now than my my schedule is pretty booked up this week. I'm pretty excited. Oh, good, good. The key is there. It's your schedule. Yes, uh, that is true. Now we're going to get into more of that here in a little bit. But um, first off, I think we're going to we're going to pay a few bills. We want to thank our sponsors and uh, guys. This is you know the first part of June and. But this will be the final episode of season three. Uh, to our listeners out there, we're going to take the rest of June off, uh, pause, and uh, get ready for season four. We're also going to reset and start season four on a school calendar. So, you know, when you turn the fiscal year, July, we don't work in January. We work July to June. Um, so we're going to start season four in July. And uh, we're going to have a a new little sponsorship, new uh, cast of sponsors as well. Uh, But this will be the final shortened season. Um, Maybe we did our pilot season in in number three, I guess. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's all due to COVID, of course. Yeah. So uh, we shortened this season. And uh, we're going to pick up season four starting in July. But we do want to uh, thank our three sponsors that we have had throughout this season. And uh, we're going to do that right now. And first, we're going to talk about hometown ticketing. Are you an AD interested in saving time or making your job a little less stressful? Looking for ways to improve the fan experience at your games? Well, we suggest you take a good look into hometown ticketing. Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional-level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program. Hometown integrates industry-leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket-buying experience that takes place directly on your website without the need to create an account, remember password, or download an app. From individual game tickets to customize season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire ticketing platform for your program. And the best part is, it doesn't cost your school or athletic program anything to get started. So own your ticketing with Hometown Ticketing, the official ticketing partner of VNN Sports. Visit www.hometownticketing.com to enroll your school today. That's www dot hometown ticketing dot com do you want your athletic program to stand out on social media now you can with gipper using gipper you can create and share professional sports graphics to social media in seconds on any device and without needing any design experience so go ahead and try gipper free at gogipper.com backslash athletics all right. Thanks to those two sponsors. Our last sponsor we want to say thanks to is uh, all the guys and gals here at Varsity Bound. Uh, they've been a great sponsor for us uh, to this point and provide some great services for us with Beyond the Bench. We want to say thanks to them as our sponsors. You know, I really uh, have appreciated, I don't know if you guys have noticed, the postseason 
and the fact that all, all the postseason brackets now are being run through varsity bound. Yep. It's nice. The ability for for ADs and for coaches and for fans to follow the postseason play and action and scores and brackets. Um, they've really created a pretty cool platform for that, that yeah. both the Boys Association and Girls Union now have, have, have embraced with their brackets. And I just have found through the soccer tournaments here the past couple of weeks, uh, and as baseball, softball getting going, how easy it is to follow games, follow scores, see what's happening in your league, see what's happening across the state, um, and stay just up to date in high school sports, which is what one of their big goals was when they started, was they wanted to create uh, a social media and online presence and platform for promoting our schools and our coaches and our kids and their performances. And they certainly are getting that done. So thanks to varsity bound for all they're doing uh, for high school sports and for being a part of the beyond the bench podcast. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Now, boy, special episode as we wrap oh. up season three. Um, this is the Scott Jarvis episode. That's a pretty <laughs> fancy title. It's um, that's we, you guys have now, really dip down low <laughs> on on topics when we have to talk about my uh well just about me in general i guess it's pretty bad well, we gotta pick we gotta pick it we gotta pick it up a bit here fellas <laughs> well it's it's uh you know everyone who's listened to this if they haven't heard uh you know scott jarvis has now transitioned out of the quote-unquote traditional AD world, um, he's going to be a big partner for a lot of athletic directors uh, through a lot of different hats he's going to wear. Uh, but we just wanted to talk a little bit uh, about Scott's transition, so some of the great memories he's had, and uh, uh, just some of the things that have stuck out with him and his journey as an activities and athletics director. And it's, it's, uh, he's obviously been very impactful uh, every place he has been. And uh, we've been fortunate to obviously get to know him through this podcast as well, Aaron and I, uh, working with him on Beyond the Bench. Uh, but we just want to celebrate Scott a little bit tonight and uh, just our way of saying thank you, really, for his years of service as an activities director. So uh, we'll have a little fun, uh, go back into time a little bit, uh, and uh, live, relive some of the memories that he's had. So, uh, but first, we're going to oh. just uh, throw a little thing at Scott here. And um, just uh, really quick, uh, the fast five, I call it. And we're going to give Scott the fast five. Um, I don't know. How, it's not really going to surprise him because he's got the script right in front of him. So <laughs> it, it's not like we're playing yeah. Family Feud and he's yeah. got, you know, 30 seconds to give us an answer. But uh, how, about, how about this? Uh, Aaron, we haven't even talked about this. I'll take uh, one, three, and five. You take two and four. That sounds good. All right. You ready, Scott? I'm ready to go. Your favorite food? Oh, gosh. It's either pizza or uh, prime rib. Okay. Now you sound like Aaron Stecker. I know. I oh. can't give me one answer. Oh. I know. I, <laughs> hey. Okay. I th- hey, wait a second. I think last episode, Todd had at least three. Like, he didn't just do an Aaron Stecker. He went Aaron Stecker plus one. You guys are funny. <laughs> but 
I shouldn't admit this, but as soon as you said favorite food and Scott came back and said, well, it's either pizza or prime rib, my first thought was follow-up question on pizza, thin crust, thick crust. Yeah, you know, so I, I immediately want to go to a follow-up question anyway. So you guys are spot on, and that's what bothers me the most about that whole thing right there. Thin crust. Thin crust. Are you yes. a, do you fold it? Are you like you want to be able to fold No, it? I'm not a fold I'm not a folder. All right. So you can't make it out in New York. No, I yeah, I'm not not like that. All right. Favorite music artist. Oh gosh, this is really hard. I, I'm gonna have to say Frank Sinatra. Right. Or Dean Martin. One of those two. Oh, okay. Traditionalist. Yes. Love it. What uh, what turned you on to Frank Sinatra? Follow-up you know, question, Aaron Stegger. Yeah. I don't – you know what? I don't even know if it was just my – this is because my, when I was a little kid, my grandparents, you know, they always watched the Lawrence Welk show. I always watched all reruns of older shows, and I always loved watching Frank and Dean Martin and uh, the Rat Pack. Uh, so I don't know if it was just kind of reminds me of my grandparents, but I just love, I, you know, I'll have to blame Todd for this, but he's got me on the vinyl record thing. So now whenever I'm going to like a secondhand store, I'm digging through the old albums and pulling out any Frank Sinatra or like I love Jimmy Durante. Uh, I got uh. pulled a bunch of Jimmy Durante, you know, old vinyl records. And now I got, I bought a record player. So I'm going to blame Todd for that. I love it. I love it. I'll take that blame. Yeah. Not, I got a bunch of Nat King Cole uh, records, Johnny Mathis. But then you get into like, I love Neil Diamond and yeah, Kenny, Kenny Rogers. There you go. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. I like it. Diverse. Barry, Barry Manilow. So, so what is it? All right. We're on the top of vinyl. So we, we're there. So we're going to go. So I haven't jumped on the vinyl train yet. So what am I missing, gentlemen? What? I don't, it's just, it, it just, I like it. It just sounds, I just love that. Love the scratchy. Crackle. Yeah. That crackle, that scratchy. I just love that. I don't know why. You know, those were produced. But I think music now can be overproduced. Uh, speaking as kind of a, a music yeah. music guy, I think they can overproduce sound. Yeah. Um, and I, for me, uh, vinyl is just memories. Yeah. Because when I hear a song or an artist, you know, most of my vinyl is classic rock or, you know, from back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and I really started to collect a lot of blues, um, mm-hmm. kind of modern blues rock, and then some older blues, some guys back from the 70s and 80s, a lot of B.B. King. Mm, that's uh, good but stuff. it's just memories. Yeah. And when I hear an artist, I can think of a time when I was, you know, 40 years ago or, or <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so it, it just brings back a lot of memories for me. Yeah. So now, do you have to... Todd, you'll have to come to the bowl full of blues here in Newton at the Maytag Park. They've uh, always got great jazz and blues musicians. It's really, really good. I love it. Hook me up with that. Yeah. So do you guys get new music on vinyl or is it all old? Mine's all old. Mine's all old. Okay. All right. I would very rarely buy a new album of, of new music. 
but that's a, that's a that's a thing now though like you can go get all anything right now on vinyl that's oh, like, sure. Yeah, my daughter got like Arctic Monkeys for Christmas when she knew she's getting a, getting a record player, and so she bought herself that, and and it it's it's got the crackle, it's got the, and I think yeah. surprised her a bit. She's like, "Well, this doesn't sound very good." I'm like, "Well, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to have just a little bit of that imperfection to it because it's vinyl. That's what you're listening for." Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. I just I had to ask because I haven't jumped on that train, and I want to know what am I missing. So yeah. Maybe See, uh, last thing we'll do that before we get on with Scott here too. Well, here we go. We're talking about Scott now. We're here. We go. No, that's okay. See, this is better this way. But when I put on a, a vinyl album, and all my stuff is up at Okaboji, my everything, my albums, everything. I will either I like to read the vinyl. I like to read the the cover, mm-hmm. or I will go modern and look it up. Maybe punch in the album or punch in the artist and just go read more about how that album was produced or mm-hmm. uh, for to me it's i'm, I'm just uh interested in music history yeah okay too, so i i just kind of do that too all right i'm hearing stronger connection to the music is what the vinyl provides you yeah, it does for me okay yeah all right sorry we we can get back to our fast fa- our not so fast five <laughs> <laughs> this is not a hundred meter dash we no. have now crossed into, uh, you know, close to an 800. Favorite book, Scott? Uh, I, I have to say The Legacy Builder by Rod Olson. I love that book. Mm-hmm. Great book. Just lo- it, it was one of those books that I started reading, and I literally read the whole thing in one sitting. And I've read it a couple times since. I just, I love the story brand kind of structure of that. And, um you know, it's a story, this, you know, it's the lesson within the story. Um, I, I love that model. So That's I love that one. book. Good, good book. One. I laughed. I cried. I went through all the emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Favorite game. Favorite game. Or is this like favorite, like sport game or favorite board game or. What a favorite well, game you'd play with your family. Okay, uh, badminton. Mm. Badminton. We have, we we have the net set up in the back, and you know during the pandemic that was one thing I did love that I got to we played badminton a lot. My youngest Brooke and I played badminton just about every day, so mm. it was fun. Nice. We went. I went to the so during that time it was really fun. We went to Walmart and we got disc golf set so that we could go play disc golf, and we got badminton rackets and birdies so Man. do you let her win or she uh, or, or no you... we i destroy her <laughs> do, you, do you ever plunk her right in the forehead with the birdie no no she's getting really good though she's she's getting good you mow out a special outline for the no we don't we we nope. we we call the lines. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. Her, she right. she has a little bit more. Uh, her lines are a little bit out out of bounds most of the time, but we we, <laughs> we let that go. Nice. Good stuff. All right. Finally, back to food a little bit. Cake or pie? Oh, cake or pie? Cake. Cake. White frosting, white cake. White. Oh. 
White and white, you said? Yeah, white and white. So great story. Jane and I's wedding cake was white, white. And so now we always try to get this lady to make us cake every year because it's the best cake I've ever had in my life. And we get a sheet cake. And of course we like gorge ourselves and have a whole sheet cake in about two or three days. <laughs> As it should be. But, but it is really good. I've, I've never understood the people who get a cake or, or make cookies, buy cookies, buy sweets, and then expect it to be there three days later. And they're mad at you. No. Like, I, didn't, I only got like two cookies. Well, eat more. Yeah. They're not going to be there in three days. If you expect them to be there in three days, you're in the wrong house. They don't, they don't taste. It doesn't taste as good if you let it no, sit there you, for a while. You got to eat you're them right buy away. a sheet cake. You eat the sheet cake in three days or less. And I, and I love getting those little sleeves of uh, the vanilla Oreo cookies. They're just uh, the little mini sleeves. Yeah. You put those in milk. Oh, God. <laughs> I might have to go to the store after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Late in, night in run. Oh, I know. I love paced world of Scott Jarvis. I can make late night runs to the store. I can get. I well, I, I just, the, I think the one thing that I, I've just gone to sleep at night and not woke up in the middle of the night and panicked about forgetting something, huh. or you know. So, let's see how that goes. That's good. We've got that to look forward to, Todd. And and I yeah. and here's a here I'll say. I was thinking about this today. I just sat on my patio today and I was looking up at the clouds and I, I was thinking to myself, God, when the hell was the last time I did something like that? The little things. I, and I could not. 1996. I could not remember there, fellas. <laughs> I was gazing up at the sky. <laughs> I felt like Walt Whitman. <laughs> I wanted to write a sonnet or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that would have been eloquent, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure haiku it would have been by Scott Jarvis. Yes. Would have been something haiku. Uh, that's good. Well, thanks good for playing stuff. that, Scott. Yeah, no, thank you. We know you. what you get you now for when yeah, I come right. to visit. We'll get you cake. Yes. There you go. Cake. cake. I love bring cake. I'm I'm all for that. So, Scott, just if you would, I mean, we've, yeah. we've talked through this before and a lot of people yeah. know where you've been, but just take us through the the schools you've served and kind of yeah. your roles there and what you did. Sure. So, gosh, that's a lot of stops. I'm, I'm like, I don't even know if I've caught up with Todd yet, but I'm pretty darn close. <laughs> um, I, I started off um, coaching, you know, college football at Westmore University um, and Crazy enough, uh, Irv Whitehead, who uh, also coached there, he coached track and um, was a good friend of mine. And he ended up playing with the Arizona Cardinals for a tick. And I played arena football with him for a little bit. And he's actually the head coach at Davenport North. And when I was at the state track meet, I didn't even know he was the head track coach there. So I saw him and then went and got to watch his daughter uh, throw the shot put because she had qualified for state. And so I saw Lisa, his wife, and um, both of those people were just really great people to me as a, as a young, young, young person and uh, went over to their house to eat and, you know, played with their kids. And uh, so now I say that Michael is 27 years old and 
and he was like two or three. So that shows you how old I am now. Um, when they said Michael was 27, I was like, oh, God, I'm really old now. <laughs> um, so I had the opportunity to coach at Westmar, which was a great experience. Got to work with a lot of great uh, coaches. Uh, coach Edwards coached at Oklahoma with Schnellenberger. I got the opportunity to coach with Daryl Bevel, who now he's with the Jacksonville Jaguars, was offensive coordinator with the Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, had a lot of great student athletes. Um, one of my favorite stories at Westmar, Matt Jackson was a phenomenal football player, but when he graduated from high school, um, grew up with his grandma, um, kid from Detroit, he went and worked at the Chrysler plant. And uh, my dad was coaching at Ellsworth at the time and had given me his name when I started coaching at Westmar. And I called him and I was like, hey, Matt, we'd love to have you come play for us at Westmar. And he had been working in the plant for two years. Shows up to camp, runs a 4-3-40. Coach Edwards, who didn't like to time people fast. He was like completely against that. So he clocks him in a 4-3 and he says, I've got that wrong. You need to run that again. Runs a 4-3 again. And... What a great young man. He's actually now, he's a teacher. Um, he's coaching. Um, just, it's so cool. And I had another athlete at Westmar, Courtney Davis. Actually, when I said I was uh, going out of the AD thing, he posted a nice little thing. Thanks for helping me. I wouldn't have gotten a college degree without you. Um, so just a lot of great kids. And I've got a coach with Jeff Menage and Tom Menage and um, just really lucky to have had the opportunity to coach there with a lot of great play. I actually was at state track and Eric Garland, who was an Eagle Grove kid played for us at Westmar uh, was a phenomenal football player. Um, and I saw him at state track meet too, cause he was there watching his kids. So it's cool to, to now have all these student athletes that I had at the college level now are having kids and getting to see them and talk to them. And, um, I love getting to see them on Facebook, especially when they get together. Um, it's really fun to see them still connecting after, you know, 20 some odd years. Um, so it's fun to see that. Yeah. Uh, then I had the opportunity to go to West or to William Penn university coach there coach with coach Shay. Uh coach Wright is now the D coordinator. Um, I coached with him. He's at Northwest Missouri state. Um, yeah. A lot of great athletes there. Um, had a great time at William Penn. Um, then I took my first AD and head football job at MFL Marmac um, and had a lot of great uh, memories there. Uh, Casey Hofert was one of my, was the first year I was there was my, was always a receiver and I moved him to quarterback. <laughs> he yeah. still, he still hates me for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, had a, uh, a lot of great kids there that I, um, you know, Burke Schrader. I actually it was somebody had posted something on uh, Facebook also, and they just said, "Hey, thanks, Coach." And I messaged him back. I'm like, "Well, gosh, I I wish I knew uh, then what I know now. I would have been a lot better coach for you guys." And so uh, I had to apologize. <laughs> uh, so, question? Yeah. When you went to MFL Marmac, yeah, did you see yourself staying at the high school level 
the whole time or did you were you thought well, i'll go be a head coach get some experience and then maybe pop yeah. back to college I, I think initially that was kind of what i was thinking and then i just really loved the athletic director role mm-hmm. and just i you know my, my mom always makes fun of me because she said well you were you were hosting Tecmo Bowl tournaments when you were in middle school, putting the brackets up and scheduling them, timing the schedules up and put the bracket up on the wall. So she goes, you, she got, you were probably destined to do that because you were doing that when you were in middle school. So, yeah, my, so my mom always tries, reminds me of that, that memory. That's classic. I love it. Yeah. And, and Tecmo Bowl, man, we used to have some, some hellacious Tecmo Bowl tournaments. Oh, man. And one of my friends, his little brother, was really good, and he beat us all the time. And one time we beat – he got beat by, my, like, by his brother or somebody. I can't remember. And I just remember he, he was so mad. He left, and his mom we, – we didn't know where he went. And his mom – the kid's mom came over and said, hey, where's Chad? And we're like, I don't know. He left, and she started just ripping us because we let him take off and we didn't make sure we knew where he was. So that was a good memory. So Marmac too. Then I went to, from MFL Marmac, I uh, was head football coach and AD there. And then I went to Muscatine where I took the AD. Um, I was actually just talking to this, somebody that I was athletics activities, assistant principal in charge of special ed. Oh boy. Hmm. So that year just about killed me. I had a, one night I fell asleep in my office and I had fallen asleep on my computer screen and the <laughs> custodian came in the next morning and they thought I had died <laughs> on my computer screen. So they come in and he pokes me with like a, like, I don't even know if it was a stick didn't or a pencil or something. He didn't <laughs> want to touch me. So he pokes me with a stick and he goes, Oh, I thought you might've died or something, but it, I fell asleep in my, face was literally on my computer screen i was working on teacher evaluations and it literally had like you know i don't know how many thousands of pages of you know bb 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 because my face fell i woke up and i thought oh crap i screwed up my evaluation that i was typing up and fell asleep on the computer screen and had probably nine thousand pages of the same letter or something it was crazy Trying to envision that moment. I don't. I don't want to. Tell you. What, what, can we, what can we poke him with? <laughs> Have that stick over there. Is he, is he dead? Uh, no, I was uh, out. So you just had all those roles for just one year. Yeah, and then this, then the next year, then I was just assistant principal, athletics and activities. Uh-huh. I shouldn't say just, but yeah, but I you know got to work with Coach Each at Muscatine, and then. Of course, I followed the legendary Chuck Van Hack. Yeah. Um, and what a great experience that was to to get to learn from him for me for a year. He was like, I don't know if there's many ads that would. It was. He was beloved by the whole community, and you know, I learned a lot from him in just a short amount of time I was there. I got to work with Bob Wheaton, who was our principal then. The second year I was there, who was former head coach at Waterloo um, and loved working for him. And then after he retired, he was working for you and I working with student teachers. Um, you know, a lot of great 
student athletes, a lot of great coaches. Got to work with Jeff Tank, who passed away a few years ago. Great girls basketball coach and actually officiated for a number of years. Um, then Brian Souser was my head football coach, and he just got the job at Ames. Uh, so he'll be my oh, head football coach at Ames. That. Yeah, so just heard that the other day. So I don't know if that's – so if I – Broke kind of some kind of secret. I don't know if I was supposed to say it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's – so I had the opportunity to work with him. Um, yeah, and just what a great – another great experience. And Chuck really got me to, you know, get involved in the NIAAA and the Iowa High School Athletic Directors Association. And um, Actually, when I was at Muscatine, I, that was when I started working. I was the newsletter editor – um, at the time and putting the newsletter together um, before I, you know, then I think uh, Lindy took over after I left that role when I went up to Burnsville, Minnesota. And uh, another great uh, stop for me. Uh, a lot of great coaches up there. Um, Russ Fistrom was coaching university, uh, coached at Burnsville and was the gymnastics, gymnastics coach at the University of Minnesota, um, Doug Bow, very successful basketball coach, and he was he was coaching girls basketball. Then flipped over to had won a couple state championships with the girls, and moved over to the boys, and was very successful there. Uh, learned a lot from him. Uh, Jeff Marshall was our swim coach, very successful. I think when I was at Burnsville at the time, they had won seventy three state championships uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. in in that school's history. Uh, Bruce Anderson, great girls hockey coach. Uh, Bruce Morissette, I had a great uh, cross-country skiing coach. Down, we had downhill skiing. Um, yeah, uh, Yanni Kivilhalme was our boys uh, hockey coach, another really great coach. Um, and then I had uh, Tori Dixon, who was one of our volleyball players there. Um, played at the University of Minnesota, All-American. Um and she's uh, on Team USA now in volleyball. Uh, she was a phenomenal female athlete. So had a got to serve a lot of great coaches and a great athletes at oh, uh, at Burnsville. Go ahead, Aaron. You you got a question? Yeah. Well, I'm just curious. So so downhill skiing. So was your home? Was your were your home slopes? Was that the yeah the, the <laughs> hill. Ski place that's on the that's interstate? On, yeah, right off the interstate there. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. So yeah, it was that was crazy. You know, you, going from Iowa to, to Minnesota. Do you have to set the solemn flags in that or is it or is No, it, I didn't have to do that. <laughs> that would have been fun though. I would have loved set to have done course. that. Yeah. It's not like cross country. You gotta paint the course. All right. So what was the itch that took you to leave Muscatine and go to Burnsville? You know, just the opportunity to be a really large high school. Um, and, you know, I, it, it's crazy at Burnsville. I was, you know, it was 4,000, just about 4,000 students. Um, and uh, it, it was kind of a, I shared a secretary with our assistant, one of our assistant principals. Man. I literally, like, look back on that. I was, I mean, I feel bad because, you know, we had Alex at that time and, my poor wife, she was raising Alex almost on her own. I was at school every day of the week. On Sundays, I was just playing catch-up on Sundays. Uh, you know, 
uh, that you know before we had online registration we had the little cards you know uh-huh. with had, all the kids had to turn in uh, yeah. yeah it's nuts yeah uh-huh. so burnsville for how long <laughs> i was at burnsville for four years four years and then i took the great the great western westward trip <laughs> out to seattle and worked at Eastside Catholic and, um, you know, really got to hire just about every head coach that, that I had there. And, um, you know, honestly, had I was – I had Latiway Patton that took our girls track cross country, and she was a uh, Division One runner and uh, ran for her, her national team. Um, uh, I had – my, my boys and track coach and cross country coach, I got to hire from Cal state. Um, my baseball coach, um, got to hire, he was a golden glove uh, winner from, um, in the pac 10, uh, was all pac 10 played for the Yankees organization. Um, football coach was from, uh, Washington state played division one football there. And then was a, a coordinator, uh, at um, Idaho when I got to hire him, Coach Thielbar, and he ended up winning four state championships at Eastside Catholic and um, got to hire a, a boys lacrosse coach who went on to win a couple state championships and was a professional lacrosse player. Um, just crazy, the, the talented coach I coaches I got to hire while I was there because – I mean, really, we got to go out and hire whoever we wanted, which is a luxury, you know, for many ADs. So that was fun to have that opportunity to reach out. And, you know, we're in Seattle, and I was reaching out to coaches in Florida and Georgia and because mm-hmm. um, they wanted to win, <laughs> you know. And, and that, you know, it was, it was really like being at a college because – it was all about getting kids in the doors and athletics was how we did that. Um, we had to have athletes come to our school so that we could keep the doors open. You know, Mm. it wasn't a large school. I think, I think we were five through 12 and we had about 650, 700 students. Mm. So it wasn't a very large school, but we had some very talented kids go through there. Kids going to, you know, Cal and Washington State and Idaho and University of Washington and Air Force Academy and just nuts, crazy Boston College, TCU, mm. you know, uh, amazing. For a small school in, in, in yeah, Seattle, Washington. I mean, to be sending kids to those types of you know, year in, year out to those caliber of places. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Our, our girls volleyball program was there was really, really good. So got, you know, I've been lucky every place I've been, we've had a really pretty good volleyball. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's fun to watch good volleyball. Yeah. So in Seattle for how long? Was there for two years and we moved back. Um, Jane's dad got killed in a, a, a just a, freak tornado that they had in Muscatine and um, the, the ceiling at his, he worked at uh, 
uh, automotive place over in uh, Muscatine and the ceiling caved in during the storm. And uh, um, hmm. so we wanted to move back to Iowa. And so uh, my brother-in-law I was teaching, coaching at Newton and we're just talking on the phone. It's like, Hey, our AD is open. Job's open. You wouldn't, you wouldn't take that. Would you? I was like, actually, yeah, we're trying to come back. And Steve McDermott uh, called me up the superintendent at the time and invited me for an interview and had my interview. And I don't think I was 20 minutes down the road and they called me and offered me the job. And uh, I told Steve, I go, I will come and be your AD. If you promise me, you'll be there for six years. And he said, Oh yeah, I'm going to be there for 10. Then he was only there for one year. (laughs) So, but I loved him. He was a great man. And, actually passed away a few years ago uh, battled cancer for two or three years. And so I got the opportunity to meet his kids and he's just, his kids are awesome. His daughter's a coach over at Gunnell and Coop and Colton, just really good kids. I, I really miss him. He was, he was a great guy. I loved working for him. Uh, So that was um, how I ended up at Newton. And again, just, Bill Peters, great principal. Um, you know, Newton has a storied football program. We were kind of down, you know, when I first got there. Um, and we kind of had a little bit of a resurgent. We went back up to 4A football. Everybody in town was going crazy. And I think we went 1-8 and eight our last year in 3A and then went up to 4A and went 6-3 and three and 7-2. and two. I was really proud of our coaches. Um, probably one of my, you know, you – talk about winning state championships and all the time, but maybe one of my most rewarding, you know, times as an AD was, you know, we talk about having to stick up for our coaches and the communities coming after our coaches. And I think we went one and eight and everybody in town wanted to fire our head coach. And um, probably one of the most rewarding seasons I had is coming back after that one eight season going and then going for a, yeah. so playing Southeast Polk and Valley and all the big boys and going six and three. Uh, probably the most proud moments I had was that season when we went six and three and everybody was telling me to fire the coach, Mm. you know, upper administration, people in the community. I got, you know, it was, uh, it was a tough year, but I was really proud of our coaching staff and our kids really, really worked hard and had a great season. Then the next year after that went seven and two and almost beat Valley. Mm. Um, we talk about great athletes and Garrett Sturtz was our quarterback that year. We went seven and two and we're going down to score to win the game versus Valley. And he tried to kind of sneak one in and got intercepted for a touchdown. And that was our run at Valley. And they, uh, they ended up winning the game, but uh, that was a fun year too. And I, I think we got it. We, if we would have beat Valley, we'd gone eight and one and still not made the playoffs that year. Wow. Because it yeah. would have been a three-way tie for uh, yeah. the two spots in the district at the time. Uh, so, and I think we would have been the odd man out. So. Yeah. And then Newton? Then that Newton, was yeah. what? How, that was uh, six, years. Years? Six, six years. Six years, yeah. yeah. Six years, yeah. And then uh, went to Centennial and, you know, I got to work with a ton of great coaches. I mean, Scott DeYoung. One of the best. I mean, he is just an awesome man. 650. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just good to our kids and 
learned a lot from him. Bob Fontana got to, you know, work with Bob, um, you know, 400 and some wins. Uh, then coach Pizzetti, yeah. you know, he's almost got 500 wins as a head football coach. Um, you know, he's got <laughs> coach Pizzetti's got great stories. Uh, I love listening to him. Uh, he was actually really good friends with, um, head coach at Newton, uh, Frank Gilson, who passed away in, I think it was 85. Um, and him and Jerry were really good friends. So yeah. a lot of great Frank Gilson stories. So, um, always love uh, listening to Coach Pizzetti tell stories about the good old days. Um, but, yeah, what a great opportunity. to And, gosh dang, some amazing athletes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we had Kenna on the show, um, volleyball. Uh, Devin Robinson, who came on the scene this year in, in college volleyball and had a stellar season, and she'll end up being on the Olympic team. I have no doubt she is a, she's probably the most freaky girl athlete I've ever seen ever. She is, she can jump like I've never seen before. It's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, but I've been really lucky, honestly, throughout my career to have great people, great schools, uh, great administrators. You know, I loved Jen Lindemann, Dr. Lindemann, great principal. I'm sad that she, left this last year and took a uh, position over in the, if this sounds crazy enough, but I was the most tenured uh, administrator in our building this year. Wow. Hmm. After being there three years. Wow. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> well, it's... How crazy is that? And, and here, here I am now. <laughs> so here you are now. And, uh, you know, transition into another phase of life. Uh, Still going to lead. Still going to be doing a lot of leadership stuff, obviously. Um, But tell us what you're excited about doing here. Uh, You know, I'm I'm excited. I, You know, the other, you know, I got to see you the other day, Todd. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. So I'm going out and talking with athletic directors about how we can help them either, you know, raise money. And I'm doing some consulting. So. I'm helping a school out in New York with a strategic plan, um, doing some one-on-one uh, coaching with an athletic director down from uh, Missouri. Um, going to do some stuff with 3D coaching. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm working with A Sports. So we're doing some video board stuff. But I, I love the fact that I still get to help ADs, um, student athletes and coaches. It still fits my transformational purpose statement. You know, I just want to help ADs, coaches, student athletes, you know, be able to still be a servant leader and and help the, the same people that I've tried to help <laughs> for the last 25 years. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. excited, excited about that opportunity to to but now to, to be able to just concentrate on that. And, you know, I've I love to write. So um, hopefully I'll, I'm I'm finishing a book right now. It's just going to be about fundraising, but I'm looking forward to uh, writing a, a book that's going to be about, you know, kind of my my journey, not only as an athletic director, but just as Scott Jarvis, the person. Mm-hmm. I, I remember Kenna talking about, you know, having that, you know, struggle with who am I if I'm not 
Scott Jarvis mm-hmm. AD. But right. Kenneth said that to me, and that really resonated with me because I was was really kind of in the middle of what am I going to do? And Kenneth said that, you know, who's Kenneth Sauer without volleyball? So now I'm kind of in that mode. Who's Scott Jarvis without being Scott Jarvis the AD? And everybody's like, what? You're not going to be an AD anymore? What? They're like kind of like, you know, flabbergasted. I'm not going to be an AD, but I still feel like I'm going to be a, an AD without a school. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be the best role ever in the history of anything you could ever do. So yeah. I'm excited about that. You know, you say that, Scott, and, and something that just kind of jumps out at me, and you talked about that, you know, and I remember McKenna saying that, or, or kind of saying that on the show. Yeah. And talking about that, and I know we've talked about having that conversation with our kids and coaches about, you know, sports and being something that you do rather than who you are. But I'll be, you're going to do more leading for the rest of us in just exactly that arena. You're going to show that um, there are other things that it's, you're, you're not identified or not, not uh, <clears throat> defined as. Yeah. Todd Gordon, AD, Aaron Stack, yeah. AD, Scott Jarvis, AD, but that there are other ways to lead and other things that you can yeah. do. Um, and you're going to be a trailblazer in terms of demonstrating what, what else is out there for, for us that seem to think there's no place other than a gym on Friday night in this world. Right. It, you know, one thing I've really enjoyed doing, honestly, and I've picked up a couple of these consultancies is just working with some startup um, companies that are, you know, sport focused. And I've really enjoyed working with, uh, these young entrepreneurs that have some really great ideas and I really have enjoyed doing that too. And, and trying to help them, um, you know, kind of break into the sports market with their um, ideas. And so I've really enjoyed that also. That's been fun, but, you know, I'm getting to work with Brian Peterson up at Rolling Story and raising some money up there and helping Mason city raise some money up in Mason city and, so I'm, yeah, I'm, it's, it's been fun. Uh, I hope I can, I can hope I continue to pay the bills, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, like I was telling you before we even started the show, I, I got home Friday night that last night I was at Centennial. It was the first time in a long time that I slept through the night. Yeah. Without worrying about, you know, a bus breaking down or some parent calling to scream at me about, you know, me being a terrible person. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I wish parents in would, would just understand that ADs are people too. And that, you know, we want the best for all those kids too, but sometimes the best thing for kids isn't always what they want. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I don't remember who sang the song. It's a cu- old country song, but thank God for unanswered prayers. Yeah. Uh, I think it, I don't know if it's. I think it might be Colin Ray. I don't know if you're anybody's Colin Ray fan, but you better I think it's get Colin. it on vinyl. Yeah, but uh, unanswered prayers, you know, and how uh, those can be maybe the best things that ever happened because God has a different plan, and it doesn't necessarily always have to do with what you want. It's what you need. And yeah. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. There you go. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. What was that alter ego person he had for a while? A little weird little <laughs> trip he went through there. I don't know. So uh, tell us, Scott, I mean, uh, yep. 
the ADs listening here, we got a lot of young ADs and experienced ADs. Um, Maybe your, your top three words of wisdom, your top three uh, words of advice for practicing ADs. Uh, Jeez, that's good. That's a great one, Todd. Um, I think one of them is have the courage to do what's right, even though it might be really hard. Mm. Um, I, I think I've gone through a lot of different things that have I've struggled with over the years, and you know, sometimes I, you know, didn't always do what I probably thought was right, and then it ended up kind of biting me in the in the tush every once in a while. Um, so just be courageous. Um, second, um, I really feel like it's just allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Um, cause I, I think at times throughout my career, I was tried to protect myself and maybe didn't do some things I probably could have done to put myself out there more, um, just because I was afraid of whatever, you know, I, I, you know, and sometimes I think back, I'm like, what was I really afraid of? I, and I don't, you know, so just being vulnerable. And then third, um, and, and this is probably the, the hardest. And I, I know we always deal with this as athletic directors is just really always thinking about your why and what your purpose is, because that can center you back and, we, you know, I had, I've had some days in the last, even the last year that have been uh, really, really tough. And there's, there's times I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Um, and I did, I did make it. And I, I feel like I, I learned a lot through being an AD and, and a lot of times I, you know, I, I always say this, but being comfortable, being uncomfortable and and I say that, but I'm still uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, uh, but just the thought of, you know, and I think that all leads, that all kind of goes back to being courageous and yeah. being vulnerable. I think that all leads to that same thing. Um, and I made so many mistakes. I just wrote a, an article on, on LinkedIn and I posted it the other day and I said, failure. It's something I'm really good at. <laughs> I love that part. That's I, I a good one. And uh, I think about all the stuff that I screwed up over the last 25 years. And it's, it's probably amazing that I'm even on this podcast right now. <laughs> oh, but I hopefully through all the mistakes I've made, I can help some other ADs. And it's been fun. Like actually I've had, a lot of ADs reach out to me. I don't know if you guys are on that Facebook. Uh, it's just high school athletic directors on Facebook. And I've had ADs just like, hey, I need help with, you know, uh, a, a good out-of-state travel policy or whatever. And I've been reaching out and just saying, hey, here's some things you could, you know, give them a template or, you know, say, hey, I'll jump on a Zoom with you. And, you know, I've had a couple ADs that are trying to break in or they're not ADs yet, but a couple of assistant ADs and a, a gentleman who wants to be an AD. And I've had some time to spend with them on the phone this week and some Zooms. 
um, with some ADs that are struggling with some things. And I've loved doing that too. So, um, Hmm. you know, before we get into kind of wrapping this up, I, I, what struck me as you were going through just the the steps and for those keeping track at home, it was eight stops along the way, by the way, just to be, Oh, thank you. I didn't want that. I don't even keep track. I don't even keep track anymore, Aaron. I've got them numbered. It was, it was eight. Because, because, uh, you know, so many people like, and I always admire people who stay at a place for a long time. Uh-huh. And I was just on the phone yesterday with Jerry Rick, who's a gentleman I met up in Burnsville. And he's a, like a, a COO a consultant. And, and he said something that yesterday I was on the phone with him. And I just connected with him. I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years. And, and I just said, Hey, how you doing? And, and he kind of told me about some of the projects he's been working on. And, and he said, you know, he goes, I love getting to a school that struggle or, you know, or a business. And I just kind of calculate this into my own realm. I love going to a place, fixing it, and then turning it over to somebody else. And I like doing that. Because yeah. I, I get to a point where I'm like, okay, uh, I did this, this, and this, and this. Now it's just the... Uh, you know, maintaining. And I don't know, I just have probably struggled with that. Some, something I'm probably not really very good at. And, but I admire the people who can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, but part of what your, what your specialty is with what you're talking about is what I was going to get to mention there is I'm listening to you talk your way through those, those stops and I'm watching your eyes and I'm listening to your voice and I'm listening to, you were talking about people you coached with and coached and had relationships with 25, 22, 21 years ago. And you may not have talked to them very much if at all since then, but I swear you were, when you were going through that, it was like you were just with them yesterday. Yeah. And that just speaks to me that the quality of relationships you've developed wherever you've gone. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's why you've been successful everywhere you've went, Scott. And it's a, it's a good lesson for everybody who's listening to this, who's just getting into this gig or whether it's AD or whatever it is. Um, the, the, the wins and losses and the conference championships and the state qualifying and all that stuff is going to fade away. Um, yeah, you sure you talked about some of those things, but it was more about the people that you had met and, and influenced and influenced you along the way. And like I said, just watching your eyes light up talking about them, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it was 18 years ago and it was like yesterday to you. Um, and I admire that about you, Scott, because I don't know that I'm always that way. Um, but just shows how much you invest in the people you're with. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I, I, I Rod Olson, who I love, I, I love coach Olson and he just put a video out. I don't know if you guys saw that video that he put out uh, the other day. And he talks about the, the secret sauce for leaders today. Uh-huh. And he talked about what those, he talked about three things. He said, you know, master leaders are highly relational and they're, they, they, they're great connectors. They're great at connecting people. They're able to hold those accountable without that person hating you. I don't know if I was always perfect at that, but that's hard to do. And then the, yeah. the last one is just, you got to, you get, as a leader, you got to produce, you got to get, you got to rubber meets the road. You got to do it. And yeah, I think back to some of the projects that we've completed or the fundraising efforts we've made. And I think back on, and everybody's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And I was like, why, why can't we do that? Why can't we, you know, 
I, there was a project I'm working right now and I'm working with the booster club. Like well, we can't raise that kind of money. I was like that. Yes, you can. There's no doubt. Like I have no doubt at all. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes I think when people told me I, I can't, that really drives me. And I think part of that is because that, you know, my mom and dad split when I was like four or five. And so my mom, God bless her. She worked two or three jobs, went to school, became a nurse. And, you know, we, we had government cheese and powdered milk and mm. I had to, I had to, the different colored uh, back in the day when you had the lunch tickets that were different colors oh, because you were, yeah. you were free and reduced. And uh, I'd yeah. always try to hide it. <laughs> so the other kids wouldn't see it. And uh, I think, you know, I, I think that's probably why I'm kind of that way a little bit because so many people, you know, I remember actually one of my uncles, I always told him, I was like, I'm going to, when I get older and whatever reason I said this, I go, I'm going to make $125,000 when I get older. And he goes, <laughs> my uncle said to me, he goes, when pigs fly. <laughs> and so I have a pig that I always put in my office that has wings on it. And right. I always put, whenever we win a conference championship or, a, you know, go to state and we cut the nets down, I always put that little net netting on that pig on, on the wings. Mm, nice. Uh, yeah. So it always kind of makes me think back. I'm like, when people tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do everything I can to prove them wrong. Scott Darvis, <clears throat> you cannot help Cedar Rapids Kennedy raise $3 million to put in a field turf field in the state. Oh, don't, don't tempt me. <laughs> Let's see how this I'll be there. I'll be there next week. <laughs> I'll be knocking on doors. I'll be, I'll be knocking on every door in town. Hey, uh, just give, just give $10. $10 can make a difference. <laughs> that's great. Are you, are you fundraising for a field tour field or are you a televangelist? Which one are you right there? Uh, a little bit of both, man. Oh, that's good stuff. Hey, yeah, but how easy, little, how easy is it to sell? How easy it's on at the end of the day? How is it easy to sell what ADs and coaches and kids do at schools? It's gotta be the easiest sale ever. It's, Way easier than selling a car yeah. or selling a TV. Hmm. Uh, I mean, to me, that's the being able to sell that experience for high school kids. That's, I don't know if you can make, have any better, you know, uh -huh. you spend any money, you know, with all these sponsors and everybody doing all that stuff. I don't know if you could spend your money any better. Yeah, you're right. For those of you that had any doubts about what Scott Jarvis does next and if he'll be successful, <clears throat> you can stop with that right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We're going to well, give it the old college try. Boy, Scott, you've dropped a lot of nuggets on us here. And uh, this has been, been great. And I'm just going to give you the floor again. Uh, any final thoughts you want to leave um, this episode? And as we close out season three. Well, I, I'm, I just going to kind of talk about failure a little bit. And I'm just going to leave a couple, maybe, I don't know if you want to call it words of wisdom, because anything I say, probably I've stolen from somebody else. So I'm going to steal the wisdom of others and share it with you. <laughs> I, I Scotty kind of talked about this already, but there's a couple notes I wrote down for this is, um, and this, this all kind of relates back to that article I wrote and 
like I already talked, already talked about this, but when people start questioning whether you can succeed, you know, and for me, that that's always tough because I want to prove them wrong, but make sure that, you know, don't let others cast doubt on what you can do and, and why you do what you do. So I know that's hard and, and I fall short of doing that many times too, but I always go back to, and that's been the great thing I've loved about this podcast and, and having, you know, both of you in my life that I can refocus my purpose and my why. I mean, that's been huge for me the last three years. And honestly, I don't know if I would have made it through this three years without you two and having that refocus and that, why do you do what you do? And when we do this podcast, that really gives me that thing. So I hope that does the same thing for other ADs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said this already too, but you be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I know that sounds crazy because I'm uncomfortable all the time. So maybe it's just the fact that that maybe that's normal for me. I just like, I feel uncomfortable a lot, but just that being com- comfortable, being uncomfortable, you know, you find your courage to take risks and fail. It's okay to fail. If you, and I, I, I said this too, if, if you never set your goals high enough, how will you ever know how high you can go? And I, I, I go back to, this is back. One of my kid things is Casey Kasem always used to say, keep your feet on the ground and keep yeah. reaching for the stars. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I remember that, but I always remember Casey Kasem in the top 40 on Saturday mornings. I always would listen to that every Saturday. Uh, another nugget was just one of my mentors always told me, make sure that you don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. And I've done that quite a bit <laughs> throughout my career, probably to the chagrin of many. <laughs> uh, but that I, at the end of the day, if you're doing what's right, and I think that's maybe there's just that courage sometimes that if you're going to do what's right, you don't need to ask for permission. Just sometimes, but sometimes you screw up and you got to ask for permission or excuse me, forgiveness. Yeah. Um, just remember, this is for all of our ADs out there. Always just let that light shine. Don't let those other people. And, and I, again, this is something I fail at all the time. I let other people you know, so much affect how I feel. Um, but don't let others that are negative, you know, affect the mission and vision you want for your school or for your kids. Never let others dictate how, how you feel, how you set your goals, what you do. Um, when they say you can't, you say, I will. And then another thing that I don't feel we do well enough as ADs or just Education in general is just celebrate success, uh-huh. no matter how small it might be. Um, all those little small successes end up being big in the end. And then lastly, just make mistakes, fail often, um, but always fail forward, as Maxwell always says. And, and I just leave this, life isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. So don't be in such a hurry that you miss, and, I, and I'm terrible at this because I've done it for a long time. I've missed a lot of opportunities and a lot of experiences because I've been in such a hurry all the time. So uh, as I reflect over the last 25 years, that might be the one thing that I, I don't know, regret. I don't ever like to regret things because I think they all regret can, can lead to some bad things, but something I wish I would have been better at. 
um, because at the end of the day, all those failures, all those mistakes will ultimately lead, lead to your happiness and your ultimate success. So that, just that's it. That's that, all I got. You just answered the, if you could go back and tell a young Scott Jarvis, you just answered that question. Yeah. <clears throat> Without any prompting, he just did it. Yeah. He's heard that asked enough. Yes, I have. Now, there you go. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Uh, we're excited to see what's next and excited. It's still going to be part of the Beyond the Bench podcast, too. So, yes, me too. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to be without this. I got to <laughs> have I got to have my Aaron and Todd time. We got it. I might, I might go. I might have to like pick up a bad habit if I don't get this. <laughs> so, Scott, if uh, ADs or people out there want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a hold of you right now with an email? Uh, I've got like six emails right now, but easy one right here. Pocketad at hotmail.com. Pocketad at hotmail.com. There you go. Or if you got him on uh, social media, obviously any, yeah, you any can messaging, any you can DM me. You can DM yep. me on Twitter, LinkedIn. I'll, I'll respond as quickly as I possibly can. And if you need a video board, I can help you with that too. <laughs> Uh, everyone thanks for listening and uh, we appreciate uh, your support of Beyond the Bench Uh, we've appreciated you for three seasons we look forward to speaking with you again in July as we start season four of Beyond the Bench but in the meantime have a good rest of your June be relaxed get some focus and be blessed